The Ducks look to finish off this horrible road trip with a victory at Madison Square Garden. I'm joined by John Chick from Locked on New York Rangers. And also, it is three stars time from the previous week on today's episode. Let's hit that music. You're Locked on Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome everyone to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. Thank you very much for making this your first listen of the day. A reminder that this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, among plenty of others. And also, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On Ducks sent you. So if you heard yesterday's podcast, it was a bit of a doozy because I started off talking about the road trip, the previous two games in the New York area that did not go well. And then we kind of took a left turn because in case you didn't hear, the Ducks made a big trade trading Josh Manson to the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for a prospect and a pick in next year's NHL draft, a second rounder to be exact. Well, actually, I'll, I'll say once again, Josh Manson to Colorado, Drew Hellison, and a 2023 second round pick goes to the Ducks. So the Ducks are going to be a little bit shorthanded on defense, and they just got Josh Manson back two games ago too. So it could be Jacob Larson, could be Greg Patteron later on in the season. But for tonight, they're going to be just a little bit short on defense. That's kind of how it goes around this time of year, around trade deadline time. And also, Ricard Raquel and Ryan Getzloff are going to be out for tonight's game. Something that was not mentioned in this preview. After I'm done talking with John, I will give my three stars of the previous week. You know what? There was some positives. Despite the fact they didn't win a game, there were some positives in the first four games of this road trip, which I will talk about on the final segment of this podcast. All right. Without much further ado, here is the interview. Here I am joined by John Chick from Locked On New York Rangers. Hey, you know, the Ducks, they're only... Four points out of the playoffs, but are you still clinging on to hope, or is hope beginning to dwindle at this point of the season here? After the first four games of the road trip, I think hope has dwindled to almost zero. Even though the Ducks are only four points out, the teams ahead of them have games in hand. It's not looking good, and the Ducks have to leapfrog a bunch of other teams like Winnipeg, Vancouver, Vegas, Edmonton, Dallas, Nashville. Don't know. I don't know. It's, it's quite the mountain to climb, and it's pretty interesting because, as you just mentioned, you know, it's tight in the Western Conference right now as far as, you know, the last couple teams in the playoffs, the first couple teams out of the playoffs. And you look at the East, and it's crazy. Like, the eight playoff teams are so far ahead of the eight non-playoff teams. Kind of just an interesting dynamic. But, uh, you know, it's not all doom and gloom for the Ducks. There's one guy I've been dying to ask you about, and that's Troy Terry. Because, to be honest, man, I, I, I hadn't really heard of this guy before this season. And, I mean, you talk about just an – out of nowhere breakout season. I mean, this guy was a former fifth round draft pick, but I mean, 51 points in 57 games. What's been the key to his success? And was there any way to see this coming going into the season, even for a, uh, you know, a big time Ducks fan as yourself there? I mean, I called it, I called it on my season preview. I said, Troy Terry's going to break out and have a good season. Maybe not as good as I anticipated. I said, 
somewhere on the neighborhood of 25 to 30 goals. And he's almost got 30 goals. So he'll surpass my predictions for this season. But one thing is he's playing with way more confidence this season than he did last season, which is astounding to me. Um, Troy Terry, he should get 30 goals this season. He might even get to 35 goals this season. Confidence is a big key. Playing with more aggression is a big key. We're beginning to see Troy Terry have the capability to take over games, which is what he's tried to do during the road trip. But the Ducks have had a slew of injuries in this road trip. I mean, they only brought so many guys that their healthy scratches are pretty much injured guys. So the Ducks are kind of having a uh, piece together lineup right now. And Troy Terry has been one of those guys that has tried to take over games. So that's part of it. Another part of Troy Terry's game is his skating as far as the power play has been more effective. And when you put him sometimes on lines with some of the youth, then he's more apt to get open shots. And he's got a really good shot too. But now we're seeing him get to his spots and not get... I would say not get as many block shots. His shots are becoming more accurate too. Yeah, no, I mean, he's been fantastic. And like I said, it's somebody that I hadn't really heard of. And I got to give you all the props in the world, man, for calling that because I don't know how many people truly saw this coming. But uh, somebody that for sure a lot of people were expecting big things from and he's delivered is uh, Trevor Zegris. Exciting young player. I, I like watching him. And, uh, you know, I'll let you brag about him a little bit too because he went number nine overall back in 2019. and you know, probably one of the best players of that draft class, at least so far. So, I mean, what are you seeing from him? And uh, I, I got to know what your reaction was, that trick, you know, goal that they scored earlier this season where he had the puck on his stick and flipped it over the net and Milano tipped it in. Uh, start with that, actually, if you can. Oh, that one. Okay. So I'm yes, trying to think, which trick goal are you talking about? Because Sears has yeah. had multiple of those this season. First off, I will just say for everyone out there, hashtag let the kids play. I've been saying this for the last couple seasons. So, yeah, let the kids play. Trevor Zegers, by the way, not even 21 years old yet. He's not even old enough yeah. to drink. And he's second in the team in points right now with 44 points. Right now, I would say my reaction is still, what WTF was that? To have the foresight to not pull off the Michigan, but to say, no, you know what? I got Cindy Milano right there. I know Milano has great hands. So just kind of flip it over whoop, and right to Sonny Milano who batted it out of midair. And we can't discount what Frank did. I mean, Sonny Milano did. I call him Frank sometimes. Sonny has the amazing hands-eye coordination to pull off a goal like that. And Zegers knew it. And in fact, Sonny Milano tried to be on the opposite side of that Maybe a month later, it didn't work because Milano has the great hands and Zegers has the good passing ability. So that kind of play only works when you have two guys with that kind of connection that can pull off a play like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was uh, it was all over the place. And uh, I agree with you, you know, let the kids play. I, I knew a couple of people were thinking like, oh, that's Bush League. I'm like, come on, man. The, the skill that it takes to pull off something like that is just off the charts. It is not yeah. Bush League. It's not. No, it's not. It's the not. point of the game is to score. If yeah. you score and you win the game on that goal, then yeah, it's a good play and it earns you two points. It's not Bush League. Come on. No, I'm totally with you. I mean, they're, they're not showing anybody up. They're trying to score. And to your point, you know, he saw an opportunity there and I guess instincts just kind of took over and uh, look at that. I mean, it's one of the highlights of the season for sure. Um, 
You know, I figure if we could talk a little bit about the trade deadline, you know, as we're recording this, it's Monday the 14th and we're one week away here. So, I mean, the Ducks, I mean, it sounds like, you know, from what you were saying earlier, that maybe you're leaning toward them being sellers because obviously they're on the outside looking in. They've suffered a little bit lately and they do have a lot of impending UFAs. So, I mean, what do you think the approach will be and uh, who do you think they'll, they'll ship out if, if they do indeed become sellers? Okay, so that that's a good question. Hampus Lindholm is probably one of the most likely guys to go out. Um, Claude Lemieux, who is Hampus Lindholm's agent, has been talking with current Ducks GM Pat Verbeek, and they've been trying to work on an extension. The thing is, Verbeek is only offering up to five seasons, and Lindholm would like more. He would like possibly seven seasons. So unless the two sides meet in the next week, which it doesn't sound like it's going to happen because there was an athletic article that came out today, this morning, that indicated that Hampus Lindholm is probably going to be one of the likely pending UFAs to leave. Because if you're the Ducks, you want to get something back for him instead of nothing, and you don't want to just let him walk in free agency. And there's a lot of teams out there that could use his services, like the Rangers. The Rangers are a playoff-bound team. They could use another defenseman to use right there. There's there's a few teams that are on the market for Hampus Lindholm that would be willing to offer a first-round pick, which is what the Ducks would want because Lindholm is one of those premier defenders. It's just going to come down to if the Ducks cannot resign him, they're going to trade him off. And the Ducks do want a first-rounder, at least for him. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it's a little bit of a seller's market. You know, I look back at the Toffoli trade. That I mean, this happened a couple of weeks ago now, but they ended up getting more for him than I thought they would. Toffoli's a good player, don't get me wrong. But wasn't there a first-rounder involved in that, too, I think? Yeah, I think there was a first-rounder there. And or like a second that worked out. Yeah. Yeah, we saw how that worked out. And yeah. the Ducks are familiar with making these kind of deals. We saw two years ago, by the way, little winter or heritage classic connection here two years ago the ducks traded andre kasha to the boston bruins for a first round pick and a couple of players uh, i think one of them was axel anderson and that turned out pretty well because the ducks got jacob perot in that draft and andre kasha while he didn't work out in boston he seemed to do pretty well in toronto for the arenas yesterday at the heritage classic even though they lost it was still still nice to see Kasha score in that big stage. Yeah, for sure. And uh, one guy that I, I, I'm going to ask you about in just a second here is Ricard Raquel. But, J.D., first, got to tell everybody about Bet Online, And uh, I'll go ahead and, and do that right now. Uh, so today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers and Locked on Ducks is brought to you by BetOnline.net. It's that time of year again as college basketball tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And uh, by the, episode, oh, go ahead. What do you got? By the way, bet responsibly. And two, I can't believe Cal State Fullerton has to play Duke. In the first round. Oh, that, that reference was way over my head because I haven't even looked at the brackets yet. I'll be honest. But Cal State Fullerton is the college that's just 10 minutes up the 57, up the Ponda. And they got to play Duke. 
That's, I mean, it sounds like a rough draw. I don't know a whole lot about basketball, but I know that Duke is obviously a powerhouse year in a year. Are we yeah. like a 215 matchup? Or what, what 215. 215. Good, okay. good luck. Good luck, Titans. Good luck. So, I mean, I, like I said, I want to ask you about Ricard Raquel because his name has come up quite a bit in trade talk as well. And I've even seen some rumors that maybe the Rangers are interested. The Rangers are looking for, you know, a middle six forward and they're extraordinarily thin at right wing right now. So, I mean, what kind of a player would we be getting in Ricard Raquel? Because he doesn't have a ton of points, but uh, from what it sounds like, just a good all around player. But the floor is yours, man. What would we be getting if Raquel became a Rangers? Well, two things. One, the Ducks are looking to re sign Ricard Raquel now that they're pivoting away from Hampus Lindholm. So they're going to try to re-sign Ricard Raquel, but if they cannot re-sign him, then they'll look to deal him off as well. And the kind of player that you're getting to Ricard Raquel is someone that's very creative around the net. Yes, the point total isn't as high, but he's also been injured this season. He's been battling a couple minor things here and there. And there was maybe a month where you could tell that Raquel was not right. Now that he's gotten some rest, he's beginning to get his groove back. This is not the 69 points that he had a few seasons ago. But this is someone that's kind of gone under the radar. And unfortunately, he's kind of gone underappreciated for a lot of folks this season. Yes, he's only got six, only got 16 goals. But this is someone who's going to crash the net whenever possible. Someone that can be creative on the left or the right side. I, I know what side he plays on, but... He can be creative wherever he plays and get to either side of the faceoff dot and make something happen. While the point totals are not quite there, I look at his his fancy stats, his expected goals, and he's still a great player on this Ducks team. And he's good on that second line. And when you put Raquel with Milano and Zegris, that's a magical line, which kind of explains why his points doesn't explain why his points are where they are because usually it's been Zegris Milano and a defenseman and Raquel's just been snake bitten as far as points, but he's been on the ice for plenty of important goals. As far as I'm concerned, he's still a great player and still trying to battle back, but he's almost there. He's right about there. And with only 20 games left, I don't expect Raquel to come back. And the Rangers could use someone like him. But the question is, where would you place a player like Ricard Raquel as far as the Rangers lineup? That's going to be the big question. Yeah, I I would imagine, you know, based on everything you just said there and just kind of, uh, you know, his player profile overall, that I think he, he, he actually could be on the second line. I was going to say third line. But the fact that he plays right wing, the Rangers just have a black hole at that position right now because Capo Caco is injured. Obviously, they traded Buchnevich in the offseason. Vitaly Krasov, that whole situation is the best. He's playing the KHL right now. Sammy Blay is probably out for the season, although, you know, never count out hockey players. It's possible he could get back to the playoffs. But bottom line, they're depleted there. They've had Dryden Hunt, who's, you know, basically up for his career, an NHL, AHL swingman and a four-fine grinder. They've had him out there with Panarin and Strom. So that tells you where everything stands. I mean, I like Hunt. You know, he, he's a hardworking player, and he actually had three assists the other night. But he's not you know, really a top six. You know what would be really fun? Yeah, It'd be really really fun to see Raquel and Zabinajad in a power play unit get that Swedish connection going. (laughs) He's also a dirty rebounds kind of guy. Like, 
if a shot goes off a goaltender's pads, Raquel could be right there to pick up the loose change on any given power play. Okay, see, I now hearing that, I, I like what I'm hearing. I don't think the Rangers are going to mess with their top power play, and it's been the same five guys all season. And I think right. they're ranked number two in the league. Um, but as far as him maybe playing on the second line with Panarin and Strom, if he can go into the front of the net and clean up some of those rebounds, some of those dirty goals, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's a fit, man. I, I think we might have something there. Well, considering how many... I would say I've seen the Rangers a little bit this season. Considering how many juicy rebounds they leave unscored, <laughs> why? Like, there's got to be someone there. And I know Dryden Hunt and, at times, Johnny Brodzinski, they're, they're okay. But Raquel, that's kind of a good thing about him, is he will get down there. And he's he's still got a good shot from the face-off circles as well. So that wouldn't yeah. be a bad fit. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, like, what would the Ducks be looking for in exchange in a, in a deal like this? If we're going to create some kind of off-the-cuff hypothetical deal here, like if the Rangers wanted Raquel, do they want a draft pick, a prospect of some kind at a certain position, any any kind of feeling as far as uh, what they might be into, just in general? Considering this year's deep draft and considering Pat Verbeek wants to make some noise in the draft, I would say they're they're looking more for picks right now instead okay. of players. Because they can always pick up players in free agency next season because they've got a ton of cap space. So I, I believe they're looking for picks right now. Off the top of my head, does a second rounder for Raquel get it done? Or you want oh, oh man, you're you're so close. For Pat Verbeek, it's gonna take a first for Ricard Raquel, given okay. the capability that he has. It's tempting. I don't know that the Rangers would do that, though, especially because, you know, you're only bringing in Raquel as a rental. That'd be tough to give up a first rounder. And the Rangers do have two second rounders. They've got their own in the blues. So I, I think they might part with one of those. But I don't know, man. We, we can we can continue to talk about this and maybe even like, hey, if they actually strike this trade, we'll have to do another crossover and talk about it anyway. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, um, there's got to be some really good prospects out there as well. for the As Ducks. far as the Rangers? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, defenseman, forward, what are we talking here? Well, I, I know there's a couple defensemen, a couple young defensemen that are pretty good that I know the Rangers would not give up. I don't think yeah. they'd give up I don't think they'd give up Condre Miller. No, I don't I don't think so. I don't think they would. I don't think they'd give up Adam Fox at all. No. No. Um it would have no to take chance. it would have to take one of the top prospects out there to possibly get Raquel away from the Ducks. To, to float a name, and I, I like this kid. I'm not necessarily trying to push him out the door, but I understand you got to give something to get something. Um, Zach Jones is somebody who's played a little bit for the Rangers over these past couple of seasons. It showed pretty well for himself. Uh, former third rounder. Very young. I think he's like 21-ish. Maybe that could make sense because the Rangers, you know, I, I've talked about this on my podcast, but it, it's, there's only so many spots. There's only six defensive spots on any given night. So, you know, it gets to a point where you start to run out of room for some of these guys. And, you know, maybe there could be a fit there. He's a young two-way defenseman. But, yeah, man, like like I said, I, I think um, we'll definitely have something to talk about if the Rangers and Ducks end up starting a deal at some point here. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I figure uh, let's go ahead and let everybody know about Rock Auto real quick. And then we'll, you know, talk about this game and maybe even make some predictions. Uh, so, today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers and Locked on Ducks is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stop all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter 
orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse just so happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find their solution, to find your solution, your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Yeah. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez on this kind of fun crossover type show between Locked On Rangers host John Chick and myself, J.D. Hernandez. Now, I left out the final portion of this, which you can see on the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube. We did make our predictions about what would happen. And for the record, I did predict that the New York Rangers would be victorious 4-2, to two, which means that I predicted that the Ducks would wind up winless on this road trip. I know Ducks fans don't like hearing that, you know, but it is what it is. I mean, the Ducks are sellers, as evidenced by what happened yesterday, and they're clearly on a downward spiral right now, and that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. I know a lot of pundits were expecting the Ducks to fall off saying, see, I told you, I told you, yeah. I mean, a lot of people were waiting for the Ducks to fall off, and it appears that it finally happened two-thirds of the way into the season. But, you know, this is still a rebuilding team. Let's keep this in mind. Keep this in perspective. The Ducks are still rebuilding. All right, so this segment is the three stars segment from the previous week where I give out my three stars. Was going to do that maybe yesterday, maybe today, but obviously the news of the day kind of derailed all that so this will be a one segment thing and fortunately i think it's glad it's only one segment because the ducks did not win any games they had one point in four games so not a whole lot of good stars but you know what i will give them out as best i can my third star of the week goes to troy vechkin sorry troy terry who scored his 29th goal of the season the other night against the New Jersey Devils, the only Ducks goal that night. Troy Terry is approaching that 30-goal mark. Look, 20 games left. I still think he could get to 35 goals this season. I predicted 25 to 30. That's what I had. He'll get to 30 goals this season. He's too good to not get there at this point. 35 is definitely attainable. 40 goals. Hmm. If he gets on a streak like he did earlier this season then it's entirely possible that he can get 40, not exactly likely anymore, but he still could get 40 this season. And that would be a big deal for Ducks fans. Troy Terry did get two points this week, a goal and an assist. The assist coming just the other night at the non-Nassau Coliseum, UBS Arena in Long Island. So he did get a point there, and that was on the Adam Henrique goal. Which segues into my second star of the week, Adam Henrique. Uncle Rico has, he's done pretty well recently. I would almost say he's been on a tear. Three points over the week. And by the way, that's not just three points. Those are three 
goals this week. Adam Henrique did lead the team in goals over the past week. Three points, three goals. He got a goal against the Chicago Blackhawks. He got a goal against the Nashville Predators. The Ducks' only goal that game as well. And he got an, at the time, important goal against the New York Islanders. A goal that brought the Ducks to within one and kind of gave them just a little bit of hope Sunday night. So Adam Henrique, I think I've, I've said this time and time again. I think he's been a little bit under, not underrated, but underappreciated when you have a team full of Troy Terry's, when you have a team with Trevor Zegris, when you have a team with Jamie Dreisel, when you have a team with all this youth and you have all the defensemen that you talk about and you talk about the goaltending. We talked about John Gibson a lot. We talked about stars a lot. We don't talk about Adam Henrique enough and the job that he's doing and how underappreciated he's been all season. I know Sarah Avampado from Locked on LA Kings. She loves to talk about Adam Henrique, not just because of his amazing jawline, but because he's just one of those, one of those guys that can be reliable. And when, when thrust upon the situations, he can score goals. And he's proven that this week. Not only that, but Adam Henrique, he's also very good on the faceoff dot, something that he has improved this season. I wouldn't say very good, but he's becoming more reliable on the faceoff dot. So that's something else that we've liked seeing from Adam Henrique, just being that reliable guy. So I give him my second star of the week. And my first star of the week. I debated this. I really did. I was going to make Adam Henrique my second star. But given the news of yesterday, and given that he only played two games this week and scored points in both of those games, just to give him one last, I guess, idea before departing the Ducks, my first star of the week for the final time this season goes to Josh Manson. Josh Manson, two games, two points, an assist against the Devils, and a goal against the New York Islanders. He, in fact, had the Ducks' first goal of the game. Yeah, the Ducks are going to miss him. They're going to they're miss Josh Manson. He's, he's a perfectly fine player, and once he came back from injury, I thought, I had two thoughts. My first thought was, wow, he's coming back pretty strong. Maybe he can possibly help the Ducks out the rest of the season. My second thought was, wow, Manson's back. He's raising his his trade stock quite a bit. Maybe the Ducks can get a first. Yeah, I was wrong about that. They got a second, but still not a bad takeaway for the Ducks to get a really good prospect and a second round pick for next season. But Josh Manson, for the past eight seasons, he's been one of the reliable defensemen for the Ducks. He has been injury-plagued the past couple seasons that happens sometimes but for him to come back the way he did and just score right off the bat that shows you what he is capable of and hey you know what good luck to him in Colorado hopefully he can at least get the avalanche out of the second round of this season because the avalanche the last few years they've just been snake bitten in the playoffs they cannot seem to get out of that second round despite being favorites so maybe Josh Manson can fit that puzzle. Maybe he's the guy that can help propel them to a Stanley Cup. But that remains to be seen. What is it, three months from now? Yeah. So we'll see how that all goes. So once again, my three stars, Troy Terry, 
Adam Henrique and Josh Manson. Those are my three stars of the previous week. Don't forget that the Ducks do play tonight at Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous arena, against the New York Rangers. So definitely stay tuned for that game. It's gonna be it's gonna be a game against the Rangers. All right. Uh, this podcast, don't forget, is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Podbean, among a plethora of others. Once again, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. And don't forget to make Locked on NHL your second listen of the day. We have great hosts like Chris Maselli, Gil Martin, Jess Balmasto, Sarah Avampado, among many others. So do check out Locked on NHL. Next week, we will have a draft, not a draft, a trade deadline special. Draft is a ways away. We have a trade deadline special coming up. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And like I've said before, the Ducks are not wheeling and dealing just yet. Once again, thank you all for your continued listens. It is greatly appreciated. You can find me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and Ducks fly together.